I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, February 26, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We still have a market that is under pressure. There's still sell-side activity going on that's overwhelming the bull case. Where and when does this intermediate or shorter-term selling pressure subside? Where are we going to get the rip-your-face-off rally? That's what we're going to take a look at, among other things, in today's episode. Let's pick apart the charts a little bit, and then as we go, we're going to get into that by default. Let's just get something straight right out of the gate. A, we have a top that's obvious at this point. We were always looking for a top. The top was not easy to come by. They gave some fits and starts, but we have the top. The question is, when we see the rip-your-face-off rally, will that be the actual bottom? The answer is, no, it won't. So let's go through a couple of things. Below us was 309.55. That's a gap that should provide, at minimum, of some intraday, if not longer, of daily chart support. Now, that's under normal garden variety market conditions. The gap from yesterday should have provided normal garden variety market support. It provided some dead cat bounces, but that's about it. We have to recognize the market environment we're in. The character of the market has changed. We're not in a everyday let's float the market higher market. Volatility has increased. There's a different kind of news cycle going on. There's a different reaction to whatever news comes out because the character and the sentiment around the markets has changed. That's the way it works. Most people think it's the other way around. It's not. The other spots, 304 and then down to below 300, 298.70 is the actual number. Those are real numbers. If the market is selling hard, look for those numbers or before, but those numbers to provide chart support. Now let's talk Turkey for a moment. What happens if the market tomorrow is down around that 309 area filling that gap down below? Is that a huge spot right now? And the answer is it's not as huge as it was a couple of days ago. We came down, the market stopped short today of the other side or the northern side of that gap. They're going to fill the gap at 309.55. It's too close. The volatility is too high. And at this point, if they came in there tomorrow, nothing says they can't go a whole lot lower. We know that in these type of market environments, just like we had before, this is the mirror image or the flip side. Before, everybody thought the market was going to keep going up forever. Price targets on everything under the sun kept getting raised. We talked about going back to look at the news cycle in similar market environments. It's always the same. They're always wrong at the extremes. Now, we don't know their extremes until after the fact, but you get the point. $450 price targets in Apple, and the list goes on and on and on. So now we have the flip side going on. It feels like markets will continue to get rejected and continue to go down. The worse the news gets, the more the market goes down, the more we think it's going to go down a lot farther. And a lot farther is relative because from where we sit at close today to 304, for example, 
is a lot of points. That's 75 S&P handles. That's a big day. But if we were to get to that particular price level or even slightly below or the 298.70 for sure, this trader will be buying the market with both hands. May not turn that day, but that's a spot where you should get a relief rally from. Despite the news, it's not going to matter. The worse the news gets, the closer we are to a rip-your-face-off rally. It will come out of nowhere from a price to be determined later. If I knew the price right now, it would be a whole different ball game. So what I'm saying is, and I always say this, time is more important than price. So in terms of time, within the next couple of days, if we see the market down there at that 304 neighborhood, that's going to be an interesting spot to start looking for signs and signal of a market reversal. It starts intraday and it morphs as time goes forward. Point of interest. At that price, if it's reached within the next couple of days, nobody will want to buy the market down there. Nobody is a relative term. However, I will be at the window with like four other traders. All right, let's get back to the daily chart and see what we have. What we also have, and you know what jumps out at the screen at me, is today's close. When I saw today's close, right up there against yesterday's low, you have to look at the numbers. Did we close above or below yesterday's low? That's important. So yesterday's low was 311.69. We closed today at 311.61. It's not an accident or a coincidence. They did that on purpose. That's a sign and a signal that there are likely lower prices before there are higher prices. Now, when we get into these crazy market environments, they do a lot of the business overnight in the futures market. They did it last night and they did not, meaning during the regular market hours, go back down to retest the same prices they tested overnight in the futures Tuesday night leading into Wednesday. So that's interesting. They could be doing that now as we speak, meaning the futures traded lower into the 415 close. They're closed as I make this video. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to find the futures trading down again overnight. Here is the futures five-minute continuous contract. Here's the 415 close. The close on the futures was 3109.50 and the four o'clock close was... 31.16 and a quarter. So they started to sell off from the 4 p.m. close. And as you can see, even before that, flipping over to an SPY five-minute chart, even before that, price was above the important number which represented by yesterday's close. So you can see here in the last five-minute candle of the day, the high was actually 32.18. I don't think you could see that if you wanted to see it. 32.18 was the high in that candle before they dropped them in the last few minutes to do what? Close below yesterday's low. It's a tip-off. There are no accidents nor coincidences. Where would a rip-your-face-off rally take the market to? We can't answer that because we don't know where it's from. Let's say it's from today's low. Well, that gives one number. For example, let's just say three and a quarter. It's a number. It's not a precise number. It's a ballpark number. But let's say the market goes down for another two days and we find ourselves at SPY 300 and then we have a rip your face off rally. The point in which that rally would travel to would change from the last number. A little bit of a short hop before we move on to other markets and other charts. 
I want to address something that I haven't really addressed. I kept mentioning it, but I kept blowing over it during the video, and that is the coronavirus. So we know it's in the news cycle, and we know it's a bad situation around the world, so we need to address it. It's definitely front and center. Here's what we want to say. We talked about Repo Man in the past. We talked about other reasons why the market might come down, should come down, shouldn't be trading where it was, all that stuff. We had dozens of reasons. I get them all the time in email. They're posted under the videos. We have tons of reasons. We're not short in the reason department. But the market goes down when it's ready to go down. It goes up when it's ready to go up. Time is more important than price. Sometimes we can pinpoint time. Sometimes we can't. But what I want to bring forward is what we discussed when we started discussing what the reasons are. Is it going to be Repo Man? Is it going to be X, Y, or Z? Well, here we are with the coronavirus that, guess what? Nobody saw coming. So how do we classify that? We talked about this before. That's the black swan that we were talking about. It's something you don't know, can't see, yet it has great impact. Most of the corrections, most of the bear markets, most of the corrections, most of the big sell-offs are something we can't see. Stuff we can already see is built in to the sentiment already by the market participants. That's by definition part and parcel what makes a market. The black swan is something that comes out of nowhere. We can't see it and all of a sudden things change. The coronavirus is our black swan. Now here's the interesting thing and those of you market watchers, those of you entrenched in the numbers, the market psychology like I am, You'll understand that while I knew that we were in the zone for a market turn, it certainly took longer than I was saying, but that's just part of the business. We know that. It's all part of our awareness. That's why we're looking for signs and signal of a trend change in order to solidify the concept of we're looking for a top. Looking and saying here it is are two different things. But back then when we were looking, nobody, at least when we first started looking, Nobody knew about the coronavirus. It didn't exist. It wasn't on the radar screen. Yet we were looking for a top for a reason to be determined later. That's why I don't care about the reasons. To me, they're all excuses after the fact. When the market's out of time, that's it. It's over. Remember my square root thing up here? That worked until it didn't. It worked till down here and the market made another leg higher. So we had to come up with something else. The next thing I had was the market could trade all the way up into March of 2020, which was that anniversary of 2010 and also 2000. So I guess we got pretty close, but any way you look at it, we were always looking for the top. They never make it easy. Remember, it's the market's job to make as many traders and investors feel like fools as much of the time. Net, net, there's our black swan. Camp. IWM, outpacing, leading to the downside, my favorite market leading indicator, it's of note. The SPY finished down about one half of 1%, a little bit less than that. The IWM finishes down 1.14%, that's almost double, or it's more than double, pardon me. That's why it's my favorite market leading indicator, giving up the 200 period moving average like it wasn't even there. Stopping below it yesterday, continuing on with follow through today. Where's the destination for the IWM? Ballpark number, 151. 
Does it have to get there? Absolutely not. There's a gap right here, and the gap happens to be at 152.93. I'm just saying that would be an interesting spot, similar to the SPY. If we found the IWM there within the next couple of days, it's probably a stone-cold buy. Again, doesn't mean that they have to stop on a dime. It's a daily chart level. You could find it down at 149, 149 and a half intraday. We'll leave that one up there, see what happens. What about the transportation department? Not only did they throw away the baby with the bathwater, they threw away all the toys. Remember that spot from last night? Didn't think we'd get there that quick, did you? Where does the defense have to show up if there's going to be stability found in the transports? They have to defend those lows, 96, 9,700. That has to be defended. If it's not, look out below. Had a request to cover the IYT. Remember this trend line? We've talked about this in the past many, many times. We were getting above that channel. It was breaking out. It was a bullish, very, very choppy, chop shop-like-ish formation. And what I'm talking about is this channel here. So we have a channel here and we had a move higher here. So this becomes a bull flaggish, wedgish, whatever. It's consolidating in this channel to break out. They start to break out and now a failure. This had nothing to do with this trend line. That trend line was from something else. Now the trend line was connecting point A, point B, and you can see what happened. They tried it here and failed, tried to bust through here but failed, try it again and they get above and now look failure so we know that that trend line was important you could see how many times they respected that trend line here's a failure so we need to take a couple of things into consideration that bull flaggish pattern that long-standing weekly bullish flaggish pattern that we just went over that would have sent prices much much higher past those highs up north of 206 or 7, whatever that is up there. What's that price? High is 209.33. But that same energy, mind you, this is a weekly chart. So these take a long time to play out, minus this week. We've come down all the way in one week. Look at that. Started the week at the convergence of the 50 and 100 period moving average, found the market on Wednesday, halfway through, below the 200 weekly moving average. Quite the decline. Anyway, what I was saying was that same energy that would have been released to the upside putting the market at new highs will now be released in the downside on a failure and that puts the market at new lows. Not right away, but at minimum of ultimately testing these weekly chart lows and likely breaking them. Here's a monthly chart. Let's look at it from another perspective. The low we were just looking at from December 2018 is 155.24. That's the same low we just looked at on the weekly chart. Now, you have a failure on your hands, you have a 100 period moving average on the monthly chart, and you have a big breakup candle, which is by definition a breakout area toward the low of that candle. Well, what happens if we put a line right around the low of that candle? Doesn't matter exactly where it is, could be here, could be down at the low, but you can see where all of a sudden that 100 period moving average comes into view. Now, mind you that, that the longer this takes, the more upward momentum the 100 period moving average could get unless it starts to flatten out, which it likely will over the next couple of months. And by the way, another way to look at it, and this is done in real time, so I'm going to walk back part of what I said. If the 100 period moving average does move up, over the next month or two, and price comes down, 
this may coincide with or at least near the 100 period moving average. The 100 period might be closer than it looks now. And at that point may provide support to the market in conjunction with this low that we just cited at around 155.24. It's way too early to make that determination. What I'm doing is analyzing the chart going through daily, weekly, monthly charts, dumping out my thoughts, doing the data dump, all in real time on live TV. What happens when we switch over to the queues, the folks out in Silicon Valley? Well, that's interesting. Again, they look different than the SPY. So they did not close anywhere near yesterday's lows, relatively speaking, compared to where the SPY was. They didn't even test, meaning they did not come down to or spike through yesterday's low all day long. So that's interesting. It's what I would call, or what they used to call in the financial crisis, a green shoot. It's a glimmer of hope if we're going to get some kind of a snapback going. However, as I make this video and glance out of the corner of my eye, I notice the futures are reopened for a brief period of time and have traded lower. Don't know where they'll be tonight. Don't know where they'll be while we're making comments under the video. Don't know where they'll be when we wake up in the morning. However, if there is a takeaway, the takeaway is they weren't necessarily throwing the major tech stocks that make up the majority of the Q index out the back door. They threw them out yesterday, but they didn't throw them out again today. They threw them out Monday and Tuesday. Today, a stay of execution. That 100 period moving average is juicy. I know it might sound crazy, but that's my number. And that goes with the SPY and the other stuff we talked about. This is sooner than later. Tomorrow, Friday, you find the Qs down at that number, I'll be at the window. XLF giving up the 200 period moving average finishing at the lows of the day not bullish but bearish not a horrific day in percentage terms yet closing below yesterday's low and the 200 period moving average is not bullish but yes bearish how about good old smash mouth SMH the proxy for the Philadelphia semiconductor index same as the Q's didn't challenge today's low didn't close below today's low Yet we did close again below the 100 period moving average. So that's another negative. This could certainly be making or the beginnings of a bearish pattern. We'll see. Right now, we have the makings of a couple of divergences out there. That's all they are. They're the makings of a couple of divergences. The SMH, the Qs. That's all you have right now. And it's not a lot to hang our hat on. It's just information. They're puzzle pieces. We put them on the table. When they stack up and they create a picture, we're in business. Here are the futures as I make this video trading down around 3100. Remember, we closed the session 4 o'clock, 3116 and change. So that puts the SPY or the spiders down about $1.60 from the close as I make this video. It's sub 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So who knows what's going to happen from this point forward. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, these videos are not possible. Those are two facts. I'm going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything that I intended to and wanted to discuss tonight. So we will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.